All right, well, let's dive into this. Um, folks, if you are just now joining us, uh, thank you so much. We do appreciate it. This is the Daily Hi-Fi Show. My name is Ron, and we have a special guest, Techno Dad, if that's really your name, Techno Dad. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Joey from Joe and Tell. And um, yeah, we're just going to keep it loose, but um, I have to admit that the topic today is a bit, um, it's a bit selfish because it's something that I have been thinking about quite a bit lately. But as I started thinking about it, I realized I might not be the only one that is, if not considering this, or they, they have considered this in the past being an audiophile. And what I mean by that is a two channel enthusiast. And so what I want to talk about is what what does it look like for a two-channel enthusiast that is considering or thinking about home theater? So is there a bridge that can be built that would take you from, you know, two-channel music playback that would lead you into home theater? What are the pitfalls? What does that look like? And keep in mind, look, I mean, we this could be many, many shows, so we might just start to uh, peel back the layers of this conversation and just do one specific thing and kind of dive into this. But um, techno dad, you've, you are what I would consider uh, certainly an expert in this arena, you know, this stuff and you, you live it. And so I, I couldn't think of anybody better than to have this conversation with and see if we can kind of navigate these muddy waters when it comes to getting into home theater. Well, awesome, Ron. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it can be um, a little confusing, especially when, you know, um, two channel has been pretty much what you're, what you've been used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a good place to start, bro, I was thinking about this is, <clears throat> so I, I used to work for Circuit City a long time ago. And at the end of my employment with Circuit City, many, many moons ago, um, it seemed to me like things were entirely, obviously technology was entirely different and there were DVDs. And so you would go and get your DVD and you turn around and see what the format is and you'd find out, you know, okay, 5.1, 6.1, 7.1. Right. And you had your Onkyo receiver or your Harman Kardon receiver, whatever, and you're good to go. Right. Um, yep. But where I'm confused now, which is interesting, it's like if I went back in time and talked to that same guy, it's like none of the stuff that used to apply back then seems to, at least in my own mind, apply now. And what I mean by that is this. For somebody like me that has like a two-channel, you know, two-channel rig, and I, I do have a TV in my listening room, so I'm, I'm halfway there, right? you got to you got to have a TV. So let's start with that, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly. But then I have like, this is so bare bones and simple. I have an Apple TV plugged into the back of this thing and I don't have any speakers hooked up to it. Nothing like that. It's literally mounted on the wall. The Apple TV is on the back of it. And what I want to do is kind of just frame this conversation by saying, what, what would happen? Like how... What do you do next? What the hell do I do next? And continuing with this train of thought and why my my brain is literally breaking as we're talking is like, do I buy something from iTunes and does that come with the same decoding that used to be on DVDs and uh, uh, what, how does that, how is this working, bro? You got to help me out. 
Ron, real quick, you just ha- had your birthday, right? I did, man. So, belated yeah. happy birthday, happy by the birthday. way. I wanted to just say Thank that. Thank you. Welcome and to the 41 Club. Oh, jeez. You gave, oh, I was you there gave it away. away. You gave it away. Hey, hey Chana. Chana. Yo. The only the only Dolby that Ron knows is like Dolby uh, noise reduction yeah, tapes. That's right. It's true. It's only, that's Dolby only Dolby and R. I remember that's that. That's right. Yeah. It's true, man. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't what would you deny say? It. I mean, the the Apple TV is actually a good place to start, though, isn't it? Yeah, actually, Apple has quite a good library of not only Dolby Atmos uh, titles, but also Dolby Vision. So you're getting mm. that dynamic HDR as well. But let's not talk about that. So immediately to answer your question, yeah, you'll get either a 5.1 or a Dolby Atmos soundtrack in those movies. Okay. Um, now, here's the thing about Apple TV. You don't necessarily have to buy them on iTunes. Mm. I I prefer to buy them on Vudu. I also Voodoo. Pref- prefer to rent on Vudu. With a, with a V. V. So this, v. okay, so let's pause. So we're bringing, okay. we're stringing people along here. So that's an app that I would get through my Apple TV. Is that correct? Correct. You okay. can also get it on your TV, uh, Xbox One, there's a lot of platforms where Voodoo exists, so it's not just its own hardware. It's just an app that okay. you download. Why do you why do you prefer that, bro? Um, because of the way they list the um, the new movies. Okay, and they give you exclusives if you really, really want to buy one, like two weeks before it comes out on Blu-ray and two weeks before Exclusive. it's in the Ivy. Uh, the iTunes store. Mm. Um, you can do that. It's like 14 or 14.99 or whatever. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So, uh, you're talking about Voodoo as V U D U, right? Yeah, Voodoo. Yep. V U D U. So I like I like Voodoo also, uh, but maybe for a different reason. I like it because you know when you have a Blu-ray and it gives you that code and then, you know, it's usually for something that called oh, right. uh movies anywhere. Yep. Well, movies any, anywhere is like a partnership, right? So that works with Voodoo. It works with, uh, I think, um, Ultraviolet, whatever, I iTunes, think iTunes. Yeah. And then if you have like uh, YouTube, uh, what is it? Google Play Movies. Mm. So when you buy that video, you can access the streaming version on any of those platforms, including Voodoo. Mm. Right. Okay. Right. So a lot of the 4K Blu-rays that I purchased and reviewed uh, for the channel I also typed in the code and I have them on Voodoo. So we could just stream it to like the bedroom if we're done watching it or want to watch it again or whatever the situation. I don't have to look for the disc. Before we get back to hardware and like how we would even approach this, would sure. does it matter if I rent or buy the movie? Does the same decoding, like am I getting the movie light version ah. if I rent it? So here's the thing. It's a very good question, Ron. So Sometimes when you purchase a 4K Blu-ray and you put it through Movies Anywhere, Ultraviolet or whatever, and it shows up in Vudu, it might show up only in HD Mm. and with a 5.1 audio stream. That's kind of lame. That's kind of whack. Mm -hmm. However, if you're on Vudu and you want to rent a 4K with HDR and Dolby Atmos, it's still $5.99. I think the purchase price depends on when it came out, but it can be anywhere from $15 to like $25. I definitely want to talk about Atmos. Not right now. Let's sure. um, let's make sure that we're unpacking this slowly so everybody has a strong understanding. So 
We now I have, have a question for you, Ron. Real yes, quick. sir. Yes, sir. Uh, your your TV is it a 4K TV? Because that kind of matters in in a sense. Um. Yes, it is a four. Uh. You know what? I don't. I don't know. Because, oh, it might Shana, be. Have, have you noticed? Have yep. you noticed this pattern that sometimes on um, on Vudu and I don't know about any of the other ones, but uh, it'll only allow you to, to play the Atmos soundtrack if you're going to play it in 4K. So, you know, my old projector oh. wasn't 4K and it wouldn't mm. give me the Atmos soundtrack. Like, so this was a problem that I had mm. with, um, what was it? The which, What's the Avengers movie? Not the most recent one. Uh, anyway, one of those Infinity movies. War. I, Inf- yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an issue with that one because my... Um, projector wasn't 4K, so it wouldn't give me at, uh, access to the Atmos soundtrack, even though my system is Dolby Atmos compatible. Good to know. So know the hardware that. that you're where that that movie is going to end up going to, and understand what your capabilities are before you move in that direction. dive into buying stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. Right. Um, yeah, so um, Joe, I didn't notice that because. Um, since I started the channel, I kind of got rid of every 1080p TV in the house. Um, I see. But, well, it's yeah. good to have guys like me around then. For sure. So wait, you know, so old projector tech. guys. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. So let's, let's, let's dive back to a, a simple situation where let's just say that somebody has exactly what I have. They have an Apple TV or two channel. What, where do we go from there? What do we do? Do I, do I need to throw away my amp my preamp my integrated amplifier is that no longer part of what i'm going to be getting into do i how do we do this yeah yeah so basically the short answer is yes um you would have to get an av receiver now of course um your amplifier definitely can hang around if you get an AV receiver that has pre-outs mm. you can offload the signal to your amplifier so you can still power your mains the way you have been powering them oh okay right? okay and mine does uh, have that i have pre-outs so i can keep my integrated amplifier and run it into whatever i decide to go with yeah i mean some are different i know the parasound i have has this thing called home theater bypass okay so it bypasses the preamp section in the integrated amp and just powers it and you send the signal from the AV receiver to those to the left and right bypass input on the my Parasound integrated and then connect the speakers up normally. And so every single time and they'll they usually have like a 12 volt trigger. So as you turn on the AV receiver, then the amplifier will turn on and everything's on. So you don't have to you know, turn on two things yourself. And then you have the same power, and but now you're coming. Now your AV receiver is kind of like your preamp. Okay. Okay. Right? It's, it's like your preamp and processor. So the main thing that the AV receiver, it's like the brains of your unit. Okay. Or sorry, the brains of your system. <laughs> and um, everything goes into that, and everything goes out of that. So you know whatever sources you have go into that. And then it outputs two things. One is a video signal and one is an audio signal. I see. Okay. So if you think about it like that, you know, you don't necessarily need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on an AV receiver if you already have an amplifier that's capable. Yeah. That you're already accustomed to, you already know can. So, so here's the bottom line is what it sounds like. 
I can keep my integrated amplifier, preamplifier, et cetera, et cetera, as long as it has preamplifier outputs that would go into my new AV receiver that I'm I'm buying. Uh, re- yeah, reverse that. So the AV receiver yeah. has to have preamp outputs. Oh, got it. Okay. To go to your existing amplifier or I'm uh, with integrated. You. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Hey, Ron, so, how many how many power amps do you actually have lying around there that you like? Maybe three or four. Not too many. I don't know. Maybe three, three or four two channel amps. Yeah. Or mono yeah. blocks. Yeah. No. Like I got a pair of mono blocks, and I've got a stereo amp. I got two stereo amps and and some mono blocks. So three. Sean, are you thinking what? I, you thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking connect all those things up, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm saying, hey, if you have a bunch of uh, power amps. Oh, you What's should probably with go like with a pre-pro. Well, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, so let's, 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 I like that. Let's hold off yeah. for a second. Let's, okay. so let's follow this chain. So, so we now have, so I need to get an AV receiver. You're saying it doesn't need to be anything crazy. Now, d- let's define that because. Okay, so what Joe was talking about is a preamp processor that has no amplifier in it. Okay. However, those are like minimum spend is going to be two grand. Okay. Okay. It's pretty much two grand and up. I think maybe twenty five hundred. It all depends on the brand. Okay. Um. They're but they are better in the sense that they're all balanced XLR connections. Um, Oh. Okay. Whereas an AV receiver with pre outs most likely just going to be unbalanced RCA connections. Okay. Um. But you can get uh. Like an um, an AVR that processes eleven channels, it'll power nine on its own, but it'll process eleven channels. You can get that for around a thousand dollars. I see. Um, with all the three D formats and everything, all the HDMI switching, all that stuff. But the preamp processor has just got, I, w- I would guess, a higher quality, right? Since you already have the amplifiers laying around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who has monoblocks laying around? I don't know. Yeah. We use them as couches in the Brene household. Yep. Yep. Right. Maybe, maybe you cook some dinner on some, right? (laughs) Make make some eggs. I'm sure they get pretty hot, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, so minimum spend, if you were going the low, low end, you know, around a thousand dollars for an AV receiver with pre-outs. And then from there, I think for you, Ron, you would connect everything all your sources to the receiver i see and hdmi out to your tv and then pre-outs or whatever speaker connections to whatever speakers you have now the biggest thing is trying to i guess timbre match your front stage what does that mean Let's let's unpack that. I think I know what it means, but let's. So I already have two speakers that I know and love. I've okay, had these right. I'm just saying in general, like I'm I'm trying okay. to think in the mind of an audiophile. We already have these two speakers that we know and love. Sure. What is what do you mean by match them? Help me understand that. Okay, so so the front stage is kind of like you know your two channel setup, but with the center channel in the middle, right? I see. That's going to be your front stage. So I that's see. That's going to be. All your foreground noise, a little bit of background music, 
and dialogue is going to come. And a common misconception is people always think the center channel is just for dialogue. It's not. It's anything that's directly in front of you on screen. Oh, wow. So, so it's important. It's super important is what it sounds like. Right, right. So like, um, you know, John Wick is a good example. So many gunshots come from that center channel when you're watching that movie. So are you saying, are you saying just to kind of make the short of this, I just did a review of the Adantes, which I think are a fantastic speaker. I would be smart to consider the Adante center channel if I was going to expand this into a home theater environment, because I know that center channel is going to match frequency response, everything right. that has to do with my two bookie, not bookies, <laughs> they're not bookies, my, <laughs> my stand mount speakers that I have, right? Right. That's what we're saying. That's the short right. of it. I, in, it, in, it. In the perfect world, yeah. Your mm. your uh, TV's pretty high up, right? Yeah. Uh, is it above the fireplace? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we had to put it there just because of, you know, it, it is what it is. It is pretty high. Um, but yeah, yeah, we got it up above the, the fireplace. So if you, if you put one of your speakers, like the ones that you like, right, the ones you always use, um, if you put one of those right under the TV, would it block it? Just saying. Mm. Yeah, Just I don't saying. have a enough. A lot of people. Yeah, space. Yeah. I can see where the challenge is in this, right, Joey? Because it's like, well, now you have to think about the logistics of it. Like, where the hell is that center channel going to go? Right. How am I going to mount it? And I guess I would ask you, Techno Dad, like, does it matter how far away that center channel is from the TV? Is it going to be weird if that thing is down low and I'm looking up high? Is there going to be like a strange you know, delay or something like that, right. that I need to be so, worried about. Uh, let me, let me just touch on what I think Joe might've been hinting at is mm -hmm. if you were to take the ideal setup is actually to get a third of your main speaker to put it mm. under the TV. I think Ooh. that's what he was kind of hinting yep. at. Yep. Right. That's the best. Joey, that is you the ideal son of way a gun. to go. Really? Why? That's interesting. Cause then it perfectly matches my mates. It's perfect. Right height everything timbre and so when you have like a perfect example was terminator 2 i don't know why i always come to this but there's a part where the motorcycle um where arnold on the motorcycle he pulls up and the frame you're you're at the uh you're at the wheel and you hear the engine on the right speaker and then it pans up and to the right Ooh. so now all the engine noise moves along with that oh and so when you have a center channel, which is usually like a MTM, like a mid-range yep, tweeter, yep, yep, mid-range, yep. sideways, even though it's the same components, it's orientated differently. So it's it it's not as optimal as having like a third of the exact same speaker in the middle. Down. I'm with you. Hold on, guys. I'm adding some more Adantes to my shopping cart. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Click, click. Down. Hey, Chana, you sound a lot smarter when you're talking about MTFs and center channels, man. Where did that oh, come yeah. from? So, okay, yeah. so matching, that makes perfect In sense to me. So as an audiophile, that makes perfect sense. I guess where somebody's going to be hosed and, you know, it is what it is, is we've got audiophiles out there that might have, you know, they might have saved all of their pennies for whatever, you know, you name it, Wilson, Sabrina's or beyond. And it's like, well, what do you do? <laughs> what do you can't, can't afford another a third one of those? Yeah, um, go to Costco and buy a pack of speakers and throw them up there, and you know, good luck, Charlie. You know, I don't know what to I, tell you. I would say, a, you know what? An another way to think about it, Ron, is just um, you know how you use your 
your turntable is a source, right? Yeah. And you might use your Apple TV as a source. And, yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, a 5.1 or Dolby Atmos setup just means that you're using a different source with more outputs, right? With yeah. More channels, more, more discrete channels. So instead of, you know, a two channel setup where it's just left and right, you're going to have a bunch of different channels and that's basically it. I mean, it's just another source. Yeah, I like that, man. That makes sense. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Is is so we've mentioned five point one a few times, and it's kind of baffling. I kind of I didn't know what to expect when we sat down. And we started talking. I was like, I've heard you mention uh, Chana like twenty point seventeen point five point six point nine or flux <laughs> like capacitation. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this guy even talking about? So yeah, no, I got a demo of it was. <laughs> 13.6.8 are are any movies was, even decoded in that like what what well I, you need a, you need a processor to, to do that assign all of that yeah and the only one that makes that kind of a situation is a company called Trinoff and these these are very pricey okay um pieces like the demo i got was all said and done they said it was somewhere around $860,000 for all the equipment in that room mm. um, and the 13, so the first number is your ear-level speaker. So normally, when we say 5.1, that's five ear-level speakers. Okay. You look around, you see five speakers. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. And then the point one would be your subwoofer. Yeah. Um, and then when we add on Atmos channels or height channels, that would be like a 5.1.2. Oh. The smallest one. So the additional two on the end are your height channels, which I you put in the see. ceiling in ceiling speakers, or those weird like bouncy, bouncy speakers, which I don't like. Bouncy speakers? Um, Is that what yeah, Joey has? Like, Joey has bouncy speakers. Bouncy. <laughs> Joey's got a lot of bounce. Like on those, like those, the LG soundbar that I reviewed, where it's supposed to bounce the sound down off the floor up no, to the ceiling no. and then down in the ear, and it totally yeah. didn't work. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't work. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some applications where the ones where like they'll sit on your mains and they fire the sound up. And if you have like a perfectly rectangular room and you know, yeah. you're sitting in the right spots, like you'll hear it. It does work. It's just kind of yeah, weird. Um, I don't prefer that. I prefer, you know, if there's do if it right. sound coming yeah. from a certain place, put a speaker there. That's okay. the situation. Okay. So there. 5.1 is still ultimately like the... The comfort food, that is the standard. Sure. 5.1 is still solidified as this is a good place to start. So, yeah. I mean, uh, if you are on direct TV, pretty much all those HD channels are outputting AC3, which is a 5.1 signal. There we go. AC3. He said He said it. Remember we were, we were laughing at that? AC3. AC3? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AC3. Is that what, is that what 5.1 is? AC, oh man! Because I, I hope it I is. I haven't heard AC three in the <laughs> longest time. That's like a term that I haven't heard in the longest time. Yeah, that was like the um, when they first started doing digital um, five point one. Because back back when it was ProLogic five point one, that was like yeah, really really old, and it wasn't digital, and it was Joey was telling me about it. They do some hocus pocus to make you think like there's some. Phantom back behind. Yeah, you. right, right. Well, yeah, it, remember the old ProLogic systems? All you needed was uh, RCA. You needed yeah. a, a analog a VCR that can that can <laughs> do left and right, and yes. then it would extrapolate from the left and right and give you the center channel and then the rears. <laughs> so right. Ridiculous. So um, that's using Hafler DynaQuad or Hafler the Hafler circuit. You can look that up. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what you're talking about is it had five discrete channels where each channel was actually a separate channel, not derived from the other ones necessarily. Right. 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 Okay. Uh, Okay. I, I was kind of surprised when they did that, but it's kind of cool. So yeah, pretty much if you have direct TV, I'm not sure about like digital cable. I, I would imagine they did. And if you paid for like premium channels like HBO, HD, all that stuff, you're probably getting a 5.1 signal already. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, just a side note, because I think that I want to address this very quickly and move on. But when we say 5.1, that means that that last channel that's going to the sub um, does that kind of say that you're not going to get like, and is there such thing as truly like stereo subs when it comes to home theater, like let truly yeah. like left and right channels, mm-hmm. or is that just one channel and you're just split in the signal and that's that, that depends, that depends on the, um, the AV receiver or preamp processor. Oh. Usually a preamp processor is high-end enough smart enough to know yeah like okay well they're they're pricier okay they're pricier i think the like the one i mentioned earlier was um like for a thousand dollars you can get the denon or 1100 you get the denon x 3600h um that has two pre-outs for the subwoofer but they are the same yeah but if you step up to the 4500h then you know bigger it's it's um independent so okay um when you run room correction it it gives um like length and distance and levels for them separately as opposed to it's just the one okay okay yeah even though even though the lower end ones have two subwoofer outputs they're still like parallel they're not independent okay i'm with you okay is it safe to assume that everything that we're talking about so far as we talk about the hardware is this is all wired connections. So don't be fooled into thinking that my Apple TV can work some kind of magic that would send all of this information <laughs> via Bluetooth yeah. over yeah. to my, that ain't going to happen. Right. I'm I mean, assuming there are some, like I know Klipsch has a wireless, fully wireless 5.1. Um, <laughs> where you, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's silly, right? I I wouldn't do it. And I, I have a lot of people asking me like, hey, man, uh, surround sound speakers. Can I, are there any wireless ones? Like, okay, um, no. And I, don't even, I, I don't even understand how that's more like convenient for the most you, part. You still have to plug something in. You still have to plug it into power. Yeah. Yeah. It's, good it's, point. It's the fact that people don't want to like, they don't want to troubleshoot well, and, and execute how to like cable it up all the way around the room. That's I'm, really the long the wire from the, the rear speakers to the receiver. Let's say I'm with you yeah. guys there. I'm with you guys there. And I totally agree with you. And I'm not a big fan of smart speakers for this very reason. Cause I'm like, you've got to freaking plug power cords into them. And then an ethernet cord from speaker to speaker. And it's just ridiculous. But anyways, that's a rant for another show. But what I'm asking is, is, is the same true for, Whatever the source is, in my case, an Apple TV to my receiver, it still needs to be connected via HDMI or something like that to transmit all of this data. You you can't expect a magic bullet, wireless, you know, Dolby Digital, all these different formats being sent via wirelessly to wherever my rack is, where I have right. my stuff hanging out. That ain't going to happen, right? Right. Okay. And if you, if you think about all the stuff that happens in a movie... 
when they, you know, hand things all over the place. Oh, it's crazy. You know, right. So you were talking about milliseconds, like tons of information. So when you have delay from Bluetooth for <laughs> yeah. wireless, you know, you're going to have like some oddities when you're listening to if there's some sort of interference somewhere. So we're just not there yet. Right. And I would easily, I, I mean, I didn't want to do it, but I, I bought two 50 foot spools and, you know, one for the left surround, one for the right surround. And that leaves me all on the furniture, ripped up the carpet and cut out a little pat of the padding, tuck those underneath and then put the carpet back and you don't see it. It just took a little while, you know, so that evening. that's a perfect segue. Um, yeah. We we've already covered the front speakers. You want to match your timbre, as Joey mentioned, and if you can get the same damn speakers, great. You're like off to the races. And I would assume that the same thing applies to your rear speakers. You might as well get the same ones if you can, right? That isn't, that is true. Yeah. I mean, but it's less of less critical, less, less important. Yes, it's, le it's less critical. It's less critical. Cause we're getting like um, birds chirping and crowds cheering and stuff like that right. behind us. Right. And Especially like I have a 5.1 point. Four, right? So I have the five ear level speakers, the one subwoofer, and then the four height channels on the ceiling. Okay. Now the thing is, if I I would have gone seven point one point four, however, I don't have enough space for surround back channels. Those are the speakers right behind you. Yeah. And a lot of people put towers back there, and I don't see the point of it because there's so little information coming out of those you're not having car right. crashes back there right i'm with you not all the time i mean maybe sometimes in like a, your favorite superhero movie that they're they could be pretty active but you know regular movie watching tv during the day or evening it's wasted you're not getting yeah. yeah 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 so let's talk a little bit about just keeping the conversation simple 5.1 i got my rear channel speakers where the hell am I putting them? What are some do's and don'ts? What are some okay. things that I want to pay attention to? You know, it's funny. Like, um, I see some people on YouTube and they're like the ultimate home theater setup and it's okay. And, and, but the funny thing is like, they took their surround speakers next to their couch and they faced them forward, like toward the TV. What? That. That's a no-no. Joey did that? Oh. <laughs> I swear. I don't know about... almost as bad. They're facing each other. Kind of like tilted towards each other. I mean, I... I Is I that would... as bad? No, that's not as bad, actually, because you're going to be sitting there. So, yeah, you know, Do, so, what it's what the specs say. So let's try to visualize this, because obviously this is a podcast. I'm I'm face forward. I've got my rear. How far behind me would I would be ideal? And do I want them pointing Honestly, in towards my ears or if you're only ro rocking a five point one, you can have them anywhere flanking your main listening position. So on either side of the couch pointing at you mm -hmm. or like kind of like in the middle behind you, maybe like a 45 degree angle. Okay. Behind you. Okay. You kind of want them in the side. Like I, I find them to be like flanking you is probably the best, especially if your couch is backed up to a wall. I don't yeah. think yours is. No. You have a little playroom. Yeah. So you could go on the corners of your couch. Like, For sure. Right. And then just angle them toward the main listening position. Yeah. I could um, go bananas so, with this room. Yeah. yeah. I want to just say something real quick is 
there's a difference in philosophy between two channel and multi-channel uh home theater setups right oh tell so, us what do you think um man? and i think it's important and th this is a good time to talk about it is two channel typically what you have is left and right speaker and you're trying to create that center image right right mm, right and that's yeah. part of the fun is how do you create that center phantom image and create that sound stage that yeah you know, that's it, right. you know how do you how do you make the speaker sound or the instruments sound like they're playing outside of the speakers or yes. behind the speakers or in front of the speakers right and so that's part of the the idea with two channel is finding the right placement and finding the right speakers for your room yeah doing all that right room treatment now when it comes to you know home theater multi-channel audio i think the philosophy is a little bit different and yeah. correct me if i'm wrong in that you know if you want something coming from the center then you put a speaker there you want right. something coming from the top you put a speaker there i see from behind you you put a speaker there right mm. and so um i find that they're less likely to care so much whether the speaker's up against the wall right so your your right. tv is is uh you know mounted on the wall right now I I think I would probably see a lot of people who would just put their center channel somewhere underneath that pretty close to the wall. They're not going to pull it out in front the way you pull out your other speakers, right? Most yeah. of the time. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Ron has dedicated his theaters main, would. Right, right. But you know, Ron has his speakers like as close to the couch as possible. So. <laughs> 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 but you see what I'm saying there is is yeah. you're trying to uh create the stereo image like that holographic yeah. image is this part of the fun of two channel whereas the other one you're letting the engineers decide what's going to go where and you're just going to put a speaker where they said the sound should be coming from interesting right. and then the av receiver will run its room correction and then it'll kind of figure out what to send where at what time mm. so so that everything kind of aligns up right um Joe, so what you mentioned there, um, I have these Martin Logans that they sent me the front stage for, and I actually had a hell of a time getting the left and right to image properly. Mm. Um, mm. And and I spent a few days without the center channel. And you know, I was still messing around with it. And, you know, I sit like 14 feet away, so it's kind of... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay All okay right. let them know and then, let them know and i also don't we're not squared up on it so we kind of like look at an angle so there's other factors at play like it's not directly in front if i'm looking directly in front of my couch if i'm sitting there we're looking at a sliding glass door in the patio in a fireplace oh my we kinda, gosh we kind of look left so now when i'm listening to music i'm turned a little bit Oh, and, hell. And so everything's kind of off this plane. So it took me quite a while to get a good image. And then um, at the same time, when watching TV the um, or movies, the dialogue was also a little not as clear. As soon as I added that center channel, all my imaging pro problems went away. I see. So... So when you're in a situation like mine, it is completely not ideal, not ideal at all. Um, that's when the room correction and the AVR really start to shine in that aspect of you're going to get Got the right it. sound where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be, without as much fussing around, especially if you don't have an ideal um, 
you know, situation room or whatever. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Wow. I think that's, that's so interesting to me though. The, the difference, right? Yeah. So the principles that would apply to two channel, you know, as far as room treatment and placement, mm-hmm. all those, all those rules still apply, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no exception, whether it's a center channel or a rear channel, speakers are going to react to the wall the same way. Right. Yep. Um, I think the only difference is imagine how far you, you bring out your speakers, right? Oh yeah. Like two feet away from the couch or whatever. That's right? pathetic. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, imagine doing the same thing with seven speakers. Like, yeah, everything's off of the wall. You know what I mean? Like it would literally be arms coming like, off of the wall one chair in the center of the room with speakers around it. Like <laughs> that would and, pretty much be it. And I don't think that's really practical in many people's living rooms. I see a know. funny Instagram photo coming on from new record day here pretty soon. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to figure that out. Well, gentlemen, this, I think this is a good, at least pausing point. Obviously, as sure. we started this, we got a lot to talk about. So, you know, for you listeners out there, what do you think? Like, as we start to unravel this mystery of building this bridge between two channel and home theater, what is what has been your experience? You can uh, email my admin. It's joey at, at joeintel.com. You can just email. <laughs> uh, that was great. I'll send you a link to the Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, but what do you guys think? Uh, certainly, you know, reach out to me. Let me know. I'm Ron at New Record Day, Ron at Daily Hi-Fi, Joey at uh, Daily Hi-Fi, and then at Chana at Daily Hi-Fi. Joe, Joe at Daily Hi-Fi. Thank you, Joe. Um, yeah, let, let us know what you think. What has been your experience? Um, you know, let us know, are there things that you would want us to dive into as we start to explore this as, you know, Hi-Fi enthusiasts? What if, what if, what do you want to know? That's what, that's what we want to know. So... Um, techno dad, thank yes, you, bro. Sir. Appreciate hey, your no time. Problem, Ron. No problem. Joey, you got, you got something you want to throw in here, bro? Oh, I could talk for days. You don't want to ask me that. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, yeah, uh, this was fun. I learned yeah. a lot. So that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm happy. I am glad I can help, you know? Yeah. I think that, uh, next time we'll start diving in a little bit more and, see what kind of response we get from the podcast and see if there's more room to explore. Cause I know there's a lot to talk about. We didn't even touch on, is it at Atmos? Yep. Dol- Dolby. And that's a Dolby there's, thing, right? So there's a Dolby thing. Yeah, like that's, a that's DTS a whole, thing. yeah. DTS. Like, are they still rivals? Are they this one company oh, now? I yeah. don't even know. There's like a what? lot to unpack. There. <laughs> there's a lot to uh, unpack. Uh, we're going to peel back the layers of this biatch. All right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you guys. I do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome. All right. Bye. Later.